And welcome to Real Dads Lead. I'm Dwayne Smith, and next to me is my Devonair co-host, uh, Matt Hamilton. Mm. Devonair Dad. What does that mean? Do you know? It's like dapper. It's like, uh, I don't know, prestigious. Okay. <laughs> Could roll of. with that. Maybe. I hope so. Somebody's looking it up right now. Like, That's not what it means. <laughs> That's not what it means. <laughs> Using it wrong. So, how you been? Pretty good. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. We um got a car, a new car in our family hmm. yesterday. So I got to go through all of the, you know, the title work and uh, the registration and yeah. all that kind of stuff still. Now we're about to with Kai. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. He's going to learn how fun all that is. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's interesting going to the BMV, man. You see all kinds of people. That's true. It's a mission field right there. You know, but at least around <laughs> here, the BMV workers are not nearly as bad as they typically get a rap for. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel like they've all been super nice. Oh. The last guy, the guy that gave my son Kai his his temporary permit, yeah, he was hilarious. <laughs> really? Yeah, he was really great. Yeah. So. Uh, I always try and find, you know. One of the ladies and i can flirt with oh, a little bit wow just really butter them up and mm. they're all super nice do you get some kind of discount or you just no, get a better i haven't got a discount there get okay. it at some other places but <laughs> uh, my ladies at lowe's man they treat me well <laughs> <laughs> oh man so it's all about the uh you know finesse in the system sometimes mm. but so devonair Maybe. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> any rate, we are looking at chapter number three, right? That's right. Chapter Moving number three on. of the uh, Stepping Up, A Call to Courageous Manhood. Yep, another look. And um, it, it was a pretty good chapter. It was I, a very good chapter. It, it was a, one really good question mm-hmm. that made me think, mm-hmm. and uh, I know it made you think, and you said you asked some of your kids. I asked mm-hmm. one of my kids. And, oh, Nice. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to uh, discuss this chapter. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with a quote. Chapter three's quote is very short, but it packs a punch. Here it is. Life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. Life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. Okay, yeah, I get that. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, to me, I see courage kind of like a muscle. Mm-hmm. So if you use it, it will expand. Mm-hmm. It will get bigger. Mm-hmm. And if you are don't use it, it will get smaller. Mm-hmm. It will entropy. Yeah. So as it expands, so do your opportunities, yeah. your responsibilities, your capabilities. You see what you're really truly capable of, right? right. Potentially, you can live a more fulfilled life because you're living into what you were you were meant to do and be all right and i guess the opposite is true too if you're not yeah. using it and you are decreasing then yeah. all that stuff decreases yeah. yeah and that makes true right fear the opposite right the counter to courage often keeps us so grounded that we don't ever accomplish anything of significance mm-hmm. right whether right. it's in our families or in the workplace or wherever it might be yeah it's a good quote yeah pretty good yeah so in this chapter, you already mentioned that he he opens with this very penetrating question, and we're about to get to it. He moves on from there. He talks about is where he introduces the five stages of manhood, and then he addresses what 
is kind of public enemy number one to courageous manhood, and that is passivity. Right. So we're going to kind of work our way through that, starting with that first question. First question. Okay. And I uh, want to ask all of our listeners, viewers to drop in the comment section what your answer to this question would be. Because, uh, again, part of our mission is to inspire one another as dads. So I'd love to hear those. So here's the question. Actually, let me set the stage. He's in a hunting lodge, right, mm-hmm. with all these manly men, quote unquote, and they're hunting, right? That's yeah. what they're doing. He said there's like four foot logs crackling on the fires, massive fireplace. Yeah. They've all got their all their gear on. They're sitting around the table. They're eating, drinking together. But he says most of it's just small talk. Yeah, right. And he's right. kind of tired of this small talk as he gets older. It's like life is short. Let's talk about important things. And so he drops a bomb on them. And he said he loves to ask this question to men. So it's not the first time. And I can see why. Here's the question. What is the most courageous thing you've ever done? And when he when he asked that, he said everybody just kind of went silent. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason is that it's it, it's so penetrating because it gets at what every man wants to be and, right. and what he knows he should be. And so it's this question of are you fulfilling your manhood, yeah. right? Are you being courageous? Right. If so, what's the most courageous thing you've ever done? Mm-hmm. And he goes on, he gives some quick examples, you know, like, yes, there's battlefield courage stories that he's heard. He talks about some, some guy that he met who actually caught a grenade midair and threw it back at the enemy. There's right. that. We all love to hear those, but there's also, and, and part of his point is, uh, you're courageous in, uh, more ways but there's more opportunities to be courageous than just on the battlefield, right? right? And so he says, some of the guys have said, the most courageous thing I've ever done has been faithful to my wife when nobody was looking. Mm. Right? In other words, I could have gotten away with it, right? Right? But I courageously said no. Yeah. He pulled a Joseph, essentially, and right. he ran the other way. Another guy said, I got rid of pornography and I confessed to my wife that I'd been struggling with it. Mm. Another guy said, I dealt with a difficult problem with my my uh, teenager, I think it was, it was uncomfortable, probably very difficult to work through, but right. I courageously did my dad duty and was to him what it needed me to be that took courage. Um, so let's talk about our answers to the question first. Mm-hmm. And one of our kids each, I think is what we're going to do here Yeah, for time's sake. Sure. Okay. Go ahead. What's, well, what's actually, the most... I have a couple of the kids. Okay. All right. Things, that's fine. But um, just in general, it made me think number one of my son Scott, who's definitely okay. afraid of dogs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he would say this is the most courageous thing he's ever done, but it always takes courage for him to go into any house that has dogs. And at one time you had two big dogs mm-hmm. and you invited us over for dinner and we came over and Scott would not get out of the car. And he asked ahead of time, do they have dogs? And I didn't lie to him. I said, yeah, they have dogs, but they can be put away. They'll mm-hmm. be put away. And we got there and your dogs are just, as soon as anyone rings the doorbell, they're just mad. They're like mad dogs. (laughs) And he would not get out of the car, but we finally convinced, you guys put him away, I Mm -hmm. think. And we finally convinced him to come in. Then they got out and he was, there was some trepidation there, but he was able to finally get a little bit more comfortable and be a little bit more courageous. Then we got invited to your house again at another time and he knew there were dogs but mm. it was easier for him to go. Progress. So that that idea of once you take that courageous step, mm-hmm. um, it becomes easier to be courageous mm-hmm. again, which I I like. So so he was more readily courageous. More readily the next courageous. Time. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. yeah, and that's a great quality. Yeah, right? mm. yeah. 
but for me personally, I think um, I fell into the category of the confession um, mm. cur- courage. So, um, you know, I mean, you know my background, and I've talked about it on other podcasts about my struggle with pornography mm-hmm. and um, some of the things that that had led me down to. to um, the people that I've hurt and um, bridges that I burned and things to that effect. So I've got this past that um, leads to a fear in general. But the um, just being able to confess that when it was a very uncomfortable and very fearful to to do that because I might I might lose my job, might lose my family, might I mean there's so many things, but in order for me to grow and um, you know basically obey Christ, something I had to mm. confess and and you had to do that in order to work on it. Mm. I had to do that in order to work on it. So so the yeah. obstacle there was the, the obstacle pornography the addiction and needing to confess it needing to overcome it uh was an obstacle to your continued growth Correct. in christ yeah. but an obstacle to you confessing it and being courageous to confess it was fear yeah fear yeah. of fear of losing everything basically mm. you know respect and all kinds of things and it wasn't just the pornography it's some of the things that the pornography led to some of the uh habits that i would try to feed that addiction mm-hmm. um, was, you know, like I said, hurting people, you know, in my life. So, yeah, that's probably the biggest, the most courageous thing I ever um, did. And not to be, you know, not, you know, don't, I'm not patting myself on the back for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's something that I had to do in order to you know, be where I'm, where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um and then consequently from that, I still have that, have to overcome. So like Scott, the second time the, the, um, he went to your house, you know, taking that step makes it a little bit easier. But I have to constantly overcome the fear of what are people going to think about me. Mm-hmm. So anytime, like even starting this podcast was a fear because who am I to start something like this, encouraging dads when I've had this past mm-hmm. you know um and but, what are people gonna say who know of your past when they find out you're leading yeah. a podcast who are, yeah. and i still i still got critics out there so mm-hmm. you know, always will be haters <laughs> yeah that's true and so you know <clears throat> what are they gonna say type mm-hmm. thing and so there's just a fear of you know that i don't want to deal with sometimes so which we'll go into later talking about that passivity you know mm-hmm. because i have this fear mm-hmm. um it's easy not to do certain things mm-hmm. when it would probably be more beneficial to people mm-hmm. if, and to yourself and to myself. One of the best ways to learn is to teach. Right. right. If we go ahead and do some of the things that the Lord's laid on our hearts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And this isn't my story, but I, I resonate with the, it, it taking courage to start this podcast because mm-hmm. there's so many times where I just feel like I just fail. Right, right, you know, right. on multiple levels in life, and I, I really struggled. Like, do should I have a voice? You mm. know, in this arena. Um, so it took courage for me to 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 decide. No, we should do this podcast. Everybody has their failures. Um, everybody 
has failed. Everybody will continue to mess up at times, you know, but it's about, um, it's about getting back up. It's about shaking the dust off. It's about moving forward towards that right vision and doing it together. Right. So, and I'm glad, I'm glad to have you as a partner in doing this. Yeah. So do you want to, is there another son you wanted to well, just, yeah, I just wanted to mention, um, I don't know if he would say this is the most courageous thing he's ever done, but, uh, Kyle had, uh, we had a, um, he had a meet in Cincinnati and afterwards we were going out to eat and we were at, Pan- at a Panera, um, in downtown Cincinnati and some of his old teammates were there, boys and girls, but they have people walking in and out and homeless or mentally ill Mm -hmm. Um, and one of those guys walked in and was just kind of carrying on a little bit and and really making some of the girls in his group uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and in my opinion i mean in my mind i was like what i don't know what to do kind of like i don't know this guy i don't i mean it should be like the manager right of like uh, of the restaurant you know but no one's doing anything so maybe i don't know and come to find out well kyle ends up going and talking to him uh, once he found out that he was making some of the girls uncomfortable mm-hmm. and um so he just said can i talk to you for a second and went out and just talked to a man to man said basically you're, you're making some people uncomfortable i don't know what your situation is or um but i just don't think it's the way you are right now that you should be in here. Hmm. And the guy respected him for it, it seemed like, and just said, you know, I, uh, okay, thanks for letting me know. And then he, he walked left. on off. Hmm. He left on out. And I thought, man, man, he's much more of a man than I am, <laughs> <laughs> my son. So it just made me super proud of him. Yeah, it did. I mean, it took courage to talk to a guy. He didn't know who he was or what he was going to do, yeah. how he was going to respond but he knew he had a responsibility to the females yeah. on his team. Right. They were feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Very, very manly. Yeah. Well done, Kyle. <laughs> well done, Kyle. <laughs> How about you? Um, so for me, uh, I want to be a little bit vague about this story because some of the details I think probably should not be shared. Uh, okay. When we were missionaries overseas for a while, uh, there was a situation where we had been in this, on this religious site and we had shared the gospel uh, with a group of men <clears throat> and um, this group like internationally can be can become hostile mm-hmm. and we actually we'd actually been in this on this religious site a, a year or two before and it did become hostile actually it didn't this particular morning we had a conversation it went well but they said well let's let's meet tomorrow because we have to do such and such now and so we had a whole afternoon free uh, we were going to meet them the next morning. Um, and so we said, Lord, well, we've got an afternoon for you now. What, what do you want us to do? And we're walking down the street, the main road. It's a dirt road. Uh, this is in Nepal. And um, I really felt like the Lord was saying, I want you to take a left right here. And it was a smaller road. He said, there's someone down there that's a part of this same faith that I want you to talk to. And so we started walking down and I'm looking at all the shops and the houses and they all belong to people of a a different faith. Okay. Not that we shouldn't share the gospel with them, obviously. Right, we right, did, right. but that's not what we were there for mm-hmm. at that time. And so we're not seeing anybody, any signs of people of this faith down this road. And we're walking quite a ways. I finally decided to ask some a shopkeeper, I think it was, and they say, Oh yeah, there's there's one house 
It's at the very end of the road, just before you get to the fields. And so, well, that, that must be who he wants us to talk to. So we get all the way over there and there are people home. Um, but trying to try to figure out how to share this, they, to share the gospel with these people in this particular situation was socially unacceptable and, um, has provoked violence in the past, but we knew that the Lord wanted us to share. That's why he sent us down the road. So we decided to do it anyway, knowing that there could be repercussions. So we shared for like three hours. It was a great conversation. We ended up leaving. Um, and on our way out, we we all knew that we had just done something that okay. was socially not okay, that it could result in danger. We had that conversation. The next morning I got up and I was had been reading through Matthew. And providentially I was in chapter 10, which is Jesus sending out the disciples and giving them all the promises and mm-hmm. telling them what's going to happen when they share the gospel persecution essentially. Right. And I just realizing what was before me, knowing that we're going back to this religious site, that these men, it's a small community would undoubtedly know what happened yesterday or very likely would know. I, I knew that we could be walking into a, a, a very bad situation. So we had a choice. So we're going to go or we're just going to leave. <laughs> right? right. And I remember just getting on my knees, reading that chapter beside my little motel bed and just weeping because I, it brought me to a point where I, I had to really count the cost. And I ultimately, I said, by God's grace, I'm going to go. Lord, if it's your will for us to suffer and even die, um, we trust you with it, but please. And this was, this was what really had me weeping was please bless my wife and my children, mm-hmm. you know, tell them how much I love them. So your wife all, and kids were... They were very young. They, I had, I had, uh, I think I may have just had three at that time. Yeah. Um, but they were all five and, and under. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's just terrified me. I'm sure other dads have had this fear too. Like, right. well, if I die now, yeah. some other dad's going to raise my kids and it's going to be <laughs> right, the husband right. to my wife, you know, and I hate that thought, you mm-hmm. know, um, what kind of a man will they be? You know, this kind of stuff. And so all that I had to lay down at the Lord's feet as well. So I, again, by God's grace, as you said, there's no room to boast here. Um, courageously chose to, trust the Lord in that situation and go back to this religious site anyway and share the gospel. We ended up on a balcony. There was like 20, 25 men. Some of them were pretty beefy guys. Um, I was backed up to the balcony ledge (laughs) the whole time, you know, Um, and uh, ultimately nothing happened. Um, But that's kind of beside the point is because it could have happened. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And before we knew what was going to happen, we had to make a decision based on that possibility. So that was probably the most courageous thing I'd ever done. Um, I asked only one of my sons this when we were fishing the other day, and he brought up the the event that I thought he would, um, that I thought of as well when I was thinking about him. He's almost 17 now when he was probably seven, so about 10 years ago. Um, he and his brother, he may have been six, neither of them could swim. We'd okay. just gotten back from overseas and we were in a hotel. They wanted to go swimming. They couldn't swim in the deep end. Um, so they want to know if they could hold the ledge all the way around the pool. And I said, that's fine. I wasn't in the pool at the time. I was on the side with my jeans and jacket mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, a couple minutes later, I hear Kai, my oldest, cry out, daddy, 
and he, he screams and he and I look over and he screams his brother's name, Corbin. And Corbin had lost grip and was now floundering in the water like four feet from the edge. Wow. Of course, he's, he's not going to make it. He's younger. And Kai had to make a really quick decision. He looked at me and he looked at Corbin, knew he was closer to Corbin. Mm. And even though he couldn't swim, he pushed off mm. and got behind Corbin and under Corbin. Mm in the water and was pushing Corbin towards the wall. Um, so he made a conscious decision to risk his own well-being for his brother. And that's love. I mean, like there's, there's no greater picture Christ says, right. right, right, Then when a man chooses to lay down his life or potentially lay down his life for someone else, I was really proud Mm. uh, in that moment. And it also showed me that he has this very natural God given protective nature about him. Um, which I'm trying to pull out and we're trying to decide like what this being a part of you, what occupation should you have? All that mm, plays in, yeah, which is a discussion right. for another day on this podcast. But um, that was what he says is the most courageous mm. moment of his life. Yeah, but you know, that, that being said, in case we have any teenagers that ever might listen to this, mm. courage isn't just for dads. You know, like my boys, they're both dating now and it mm. took courage yeah. to approach that girl right. and tell her that, the way that he feels right. right and ask her if she'd like yeah. to to go out you know like that's courage that's courage yeah. <laughs> it is it's it's very much courage yeah. so we all and this is part of dennis's point we all have multiple opportunities on a, at least a weekly basis to do something courageous yeah it's not on a battlefield most likely mm-hmm. nevertheless there's there's battlefields and i think in the very beginning of the book uh or even in the uh the summary on the back it talks about, you know, there's lots of battlefields. We'll mm-hmm. call them battlefields. It's just, you know, any kind of situation that you go through that is difficult uh, or overcoming some kind of fear. Mm-hmm. That's your that, that's your current battlefield. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's true. Yeah. And we need to see that because we need encouragement. When we choose the right, we can recognize I chose the courageous thing right here. Yeah. And we need that affirmation right. as men. We need to know that we are choosing the courageous. Yeah. Uh, just real quick on your um, story in Nepal, because you said we, so I'm assuming there was other men with you mm-hmm. that were going to mm-hmm. do this sharing. And we talked a little bit on the last podcast with mm. having other people there. Um, so I think you being courageous in your right was probably helping them be courageous mm-hmm. as well. You probably were not the only one mm-hmm. um, trying to fight that fear of, you know, what, I could lose everything, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, definitely. But I just found that interesting. Um, I don't know how many guys were with you, but you were keeping each other accountable in that in that case. Yeah, that's it's, it's definitely the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah what we do affects other people, right? Yeah. And this gets at the mentoring section later on. I mean, yeah. you don't have to be in your 50s, 60s to start mentoring someone. Right. You're mentoring your kids at yeah. the very least, mm-hmm. good or bad way, but you're also mentoring other men that are around you. Right. by your actions definitely um so right after this question is answered he introduces those five stages right boyhood adolescence manhood uh mentor and then patriarch right. he briefly says look every level every step or stage has its own responsibilities and obstacles to fulfilling those op- uh, responsibilities the most common of which generally speaking would be like fear fear of failure uh, insecurities, 
sin, selfishness. These are all obstacles that we as men have to courageously push through in order to fulfill our responsibilities in each stage. And then he gives a few definitions from some prominent figures as to what manhood is. Yeah. Right. Piper and Robert Lewis, I think. Yeah. Um, We we want to talk about uh, the Piper one. Yeah. Well, I I did like the one that Lewis did say basically was talking about it it kind of hit a little bit of our four or five P's Mm -hmm. of what responsibilities, but um, he had some W's. So it was a will to work. That's a harder letter to work. Yeah, it is. But they were just impressive. Robert. Um, it wasn't just one word. He just started with the W. Oh, okay. Will to obey was his first one, right? And then work to do, and then women to love. Hmm. Those were the three little W's that he kind of hit. Um, and I kind of resonated with those. You know, that's you know any dad out there, um, you need to have that will to obey. Mm -hmm. Obey the um. The Lord, as well as any authority that he's placed over you. Right, right. And you got to be willing to work. You Mm -hmm. know, you got to have to work to do. Mm -hmm. Work to Um, both provide for your family, right? But also maybe he's getting at diligence mm -hmm. in working to become a better man. Yeah, right. right, Virtues, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And then um, loving the women in your life. So Mm -hmm. um, whether it's your spouse, your girls, Mm -hmm. your, um, but then that's all in that protection and that um, provision stuff mm-hmm. that we were talking about um so i i did like that yeah but piper he had a little bit more and if you are reading the book um i would encourage you to probably get the uh, or listen to the podcast mm-hmm. version um because it kind of goes in a little bit more detail so they actually um go into one of piper john piper's sermons mm-hmm. and he's like a call to the men in his um congregation and they really give you a little bit more um, on that audio version. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, right after the quote in the book, mm-hmm. there's an audio clip from a sermon. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really good. Yeah, You should good. go listen. Again, it's free. There's really no reason not to do it. <laughs> right. it's, it's free on Spotify. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then at the end of that, it was basic, um, the basic quote from Dennis Rainey that, mm-hmm. Um, initiative is at the heart of manhood. That's right. And so Piper's talking about courage in marriage and and leading your family. Right, right, right. right. And Dennis responds by saying to both Piper's message and Robert Lewis's, what they both have in common is that initiative is at the heart of manhood. Right. Right. Initiative in conversation, taking the initiative in conversation as a man, taking the initiative in reconciliation, Mm -hmm. um, in planning, in order for your family, yeah. these kinds of things. And yeah, that, that really hit me, you yeah. know, being able to plan and, um, you know, just take that initiative to lead your family in an orderly way. Um, and uh, Piper said in his quote, he's like, I fail terribly at mm-hmm. that. And he's- I resonated with that a big time because there's lots of things um, that I had desire I had this thing in my heart, like mm. I should do this or we should do this, you know, as a family. Um, but my passivity, which we'll talk about, um, um, or fear or just laziness really thwarted that. Some so, days it was one thing. Some days it was another. Yes, exactly. Some days it was both. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
So, but there are some things that we did do, but there are a lot of things that I just dropped the ball on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, which is true. I think, I mean, I, I can't imagine that any one dad would not resonate, would not resonate with, with what you just said. Again, when we started out, we're saying we all fail, right? right? It's the question of getting back up. Right. Yeah. I think Churchill said something like success is not final and failure is not fatal. Mm, yeah. But it's the courage to get back up that counts. Yeah. Right. Every man needs to hear that. Yeah. Even if you've been successful, your job's not done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's often when we think that we've arrived that Satan gets us down again. Yeah. Right. He's he's clever. You don't want that pride to come in. Yeah. But we also need to know that failure is not fatal. Just because you've messed up doesn't mean you shouldn't get back up and keep going because success is still within reach. And I think every dad needs to hear that. It's totally true that the early you start leading your family, mm-hmm. the better. Yeah, It's easier for, for your younger kids right. as it is with any habit that you're trying to set mm-hmm. in life. However, that doesn't let you off the hook if you're high schooler. Uh, hasn't learned these habits yet. If you've not led them and your senior's about to leave, it, it doesn't let you off the hook. Right. You know, it's still possible by the grace of God and with dad diligence mm-hmm. to get it done. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. So, okay, here's my, I guess, question. Have you personally ever had, you know, just struggled to, you know, kind of keep some kind of order or planning certain things and it not going well, I guess. Um, I mean, me personally, I've had issues with trying to get my kids, you know, I, I plan a devotional time or plan a prayer time or plan some kind of um, spiritual enrichment time. And I just get these glossy eyes, these like slouched, shoulders and i get to the point where it's like what's the point type they're not really getting anything out of it and you know me personally i kind of threw in the towel um and i'm sure there's guys men out there who have definitely you know tried this or instituted something like that and and had that same feeling um um, have you had those issues and how do you deal with them no. <laughs> Everything I've ever done has succeeded. Yeah. I've never had any bumps or obstacles. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I've definitely had those uh, issues for sure. Um, yeah, I think when we try to do devotions in the past, um, because it's always been, it's always been a desire of mine from the time, even before we had kids. Right, I was like, right. oh, this is something we're going to do. Um, when they started to get a, l- a little bit older, and we we primarily tried to do them at dinner time. Um, I think for some reason, it was like dinner time was like the special time in my mind. Like you always hear families happy dinner together. Like that should be a high priority and it should be. And for some reason, I just had to do both of those things at the same time. Mm-hmm. But the problem was, as they started to get a little bit older, <clears throat> there were distractions that started to come in, such as uh, maybe it's uh, an unexpected friend drops by or friends that we've not seen for a while ask us to come over or mm-hmm. um, if they can come over and we're like, well, we, we really should prioritize them because we've not seen them in a while or um, a kid's sport event or something like that comes up. And for whatever reason, as soon as you skip one day, the next day becomes... <laughs> 
altogether more easy to skip, you know, mm -hmm. and you find yourself out of the habit again very quickly. And right, I, right, I just right. found myself going through these cycles of deep frustration and even feelings of failure mm. as a dad yeah. because I couldn't stay on track. Right. You know? and, and I think maybe one of the words that our dads need to hear who find themselves in a similar situation is the temptation to think that you're alone mm -hmm. in this struggle is just that it's a temptation it's a lie mm. from the evil one to kind of keep you down yeah right instead of seeing you get back up <clears throat> and persevering which is something we just it's a decision we all have to make and it's right. not just a decision we have to make once or twice yeah we have to make it over and over again yeah i mean being a successful dad is largely a story of perseverance mm -hmm. no I, I agree with that and i do think you have to you know for those who are in a you know a married situation with their kids they that your spouse has to be on board and i think that helps <laughs> i mean regardless i do think that we're responsible but um if you know, if if your spouse is also easily like, uh, let's just w wait, or let's wait, let's not do it today, or mm -hmm. whatever, and you already have those or inclinations. Like, can we just watch a movie tonight? You know, yeah. instead, like we're just tired. Can yeah, we, right. Everybody's tired. We had a long day. Let's just watch a movie <laughs> instead. You know, something like that. Right. It'd be very easy to like. Yeah, so when you you're say, right. "Get behind me, Sage." <laughs> No, don't say that to your wife. You don't think it's a good idea? <laughs> I don't think so. But but there's also, I mean, do you think that there are legitimate times where like you are all tired or and you are not going to be getting anything out of it or, or your know, kids you know, aren't going to be getting anything out of it? That's a you... fair question. I think that there is, I think, I think that there's something to be said about just consistency. You know, I mean, it's kind of the same thing like, I, I feel pretty strongly about if you go to, to church that you should consistently go, you know, like even yeah. if you don't feel right, like going right, that right, morning. Right, right. Um, and it's, I think the same can be said about family devotions on a whole. However, even just recently, there have been uh, nights where for whatever reason we were up really late, like nobody really slept, like yeah. the baby was up, you right, know, and right. so we decided, you know what, we're just going to let everybody sleeping this morning. Yeah. Otherwise, a bunch of bears are going to come downstairs <laughs> and there's going to be a fight, you know, right. <clears throat> or this morning we were up again late last night and we decided to kind of reorient our day. So this evening we're going to have our Bible time instead. So mm -hmm. there's kind of some reshuffling of the schedule. Yeah. Right, right, right. So what are the, like, what does your Bible time look like? You said you had it at dinner time. You moved it to the mornings. What does it kind of consist of? Um, so we do a few different things uh, currently. Um, we obviously we read scripture. Typically, I will lead it. Sometimes one of the boys will lead it, and I'm trying to kind of pass on some helpful tips at interpreting it correctly. Mm. Um, but also just trying to pass on wisdom and information that I've gained, you know, over the years. Uh, we have a high emphasis on the key verse there in James of being not just hearers of the word, but also doers. So trying to impress upon them the hear and do concept, right? What it means to follow Christ is not just to hear what you're, what we're reading today, but to actually put it into practice. Um, but then in addition to scripture uh, and prayer, we are reading a 
it's 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 kind of like a some some of our audience may know Fox's Book of Martyrs. Um, this is more of a modern version. It's called Jesus Freaks. There's a two volume set put out put put out by Voice of the Martyrs, which is an okay. international group that supports martyrs around the world today and their families. Um, but basically, every day we just read the story of a different martyr. Jesus freak. Yeah, Jesus Freak, someone who suffered from the time from Stephen all the way up until the present, mm -hmm. all over the world. So they're being exposed to these heroes of the faith. Yeah. And and I think this is really important. I don't know if we've said this before, but I was talking to our youth pastor the other day and he was reading a book or maybe listening to someone. Um, they were interviewing, I believe, a Russian believer. Okay. Maybe, I can't remember what it was. Essentially, the, the question was, how do you assure that your children remain in the faith? Mm -hmm. And their answer was, pretty quickly we saturate them in heroes in the stories of the heroes of the mm -hmm. faith mm -hmm. there's something that really communicates right, right, right about right. stories we are no matter how techy we get and how like lecture oriented we get stories always communicate mm -hmm. you know and so saturating them in the stories of great men and women who've gone before yeah. that have been tried by the fires of persecution, mm -hmm. I think is really beneficial to their faith, and they they really enjoy them. I've started using them in a youth group as well. Yeah, that's so. pretty good. That's, that's good. I mean, in general, I mean, you need someone to look up to, and you know, kids desire that above all else. They want someone to look up to, mm -hmm. and someone to primarily like. you want to you know in the beginning it's going to be mom and dad. But as they get older, mom and dad get a little stale and they need someone else, <laughs> honestly. You know, mom and dad can still be there, but they also need some other people to look up to. Mm. Um, and uh, that's interesting. I think something else to say about that is whether or not, you know, the parent becomes stale to the child. The reality is that that child is not meant to be just like you. Yeah, right. right? They're, meant to, they're meant to be something similar to you right but different from you as well and, yeah. and so they need exposure to other people and other ideas and other occupations you know because god has something different right for them than he does you yeah well but, i truly ad admire what you uh have instituted mm -hmm. and encourage you to keep it up um, me personally i did not i dropped the ball and dropped it permanently so there are times like i said when i wanted to you know, institute some of these um, Bible enrichment sessions with my family. And I would start, or Jill and I would start, and then I would, you know, it, all those distractions that would come in, and i get to the point where it was, it was very, very easy to um, not do it anymore. And, mm. and not only um, when, when you are being lazy in that, that type of capacity, you'll get lazy in your own faith. So it was not mm -hmm. only was I being lazy and, and frustrated and, and putting off my duty as a dad, um, it also affected my own mm -hmm. faith because I'm not, I mean, in order to lead your family, you got to study, you got to be able to, you know, you got to, like we said in the very beginning, you got to be ordered mm -hmm. yourself. Um, that part when you said, um, you know, how can you um, expect to keep order in your house if you're not an ordered man yourself? Mm -hmm. And 
you know, it rings true. Um, and so I, I found myself falling away and getting lazy in my own personal mm-hmm. walk because, um, you know, I mean, it kind of goes both ways, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I would say two more things about this um, that are coming to mind. One is about habits and one is about perfectionism. Mm, okay. So habits, <clears throat> I think that it's helpful for us to realize as men that literally everything that we do is a habit. It's either a good habit or it's a bad habit. Mm. I mean, we have habits in the way that we think. We have habits in the things that we say. We have habits in the things or don't say and habits in the things that we say or don't do. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And good habits seem infinitely more difficult to establish mm-hmm. than bad habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not just breaking bad habits. Like uh, that's also really difficult. But bad habits are just really easy to form. It's, it seems like maybe because of the fall, we are just inclined to bad habits. They just come naturally to us. We mm-hmm. can slide into them in a similar way that we can just we can slide into the bad habit of eating poorly and not working out. It's a lot easier. It's the path of less resistance, right? Mm-hmm. In the in the path of self indulgence, right? But establishing good habits is really, really hard. And when we're trying to establish good habits of uh, reading and prayer uh, in our own lives as men, and then especially when we're trying to establish those habits in our families with children who are, you know, so much more young and, and less experienced than we are, and they, you get those glossy eyes or, you know, there's chattering, you know, when you're trying to read or whatever. It's tempting to get frustrated. If you do, know that we all do at times, and there's grace there. Um, but just try to remember to be patient. This is a good habit that you're trying to form. It's yeah. a good thing that you're trying to do, and good things are always harder to achieve than bad things. Mm-hmm. You gotta persevere, like we said. A big part about being a successful dad is about being is about perseverance. Right. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is about perfectionism. Perfectionism is something that kills me all the time. Mm. I, I'm a perfectionist, and my desire for perfection has prevented me from doing certain things that I wanted to do with my kids right. and my wife spiritually, mm. in scripture, mm. etc. Because I just couldn't get it quite right, you know, mm-hmm. and so I just never did it. They were great things; they could have been super beneficial to my kids, but I, I didn't follow through with them because they just weren't perfect yet, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be like that. Yeah, you know, it doesn't need to be perfect. Chances are, your kids are not going to know that it wasn't perfect. <laughs> They're not going to notice. <laughs> right, you know, right, like right. if God is laying something on your heart, you know, run it by your wife, talk about it. Um, if if that's appropriate, if she's on board. Um, you know, and then go at it, you know, yeah. just, just stay faithful to it um, until you're, you've completed it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's time to move on to something else. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen you actually grow in this area of your life, especially with, with, this, with this podcast, <laughs> you know, sometimes we just got to do it. Mm. And, uh, did you just see a bus come by? You felt like throwing me under it? Is that what happened? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just complimenting you. I'm it's complimenting true. you. Okay, that's a good thing. I appreciate it. Um, so there was, uh, let's just finish with the final quote. One okay. of the final quotes that Dennis Rainey had, um, I thought that was pretty, um, I don't know. It kind of sums up, wraps it up, um, pretty succinctly. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you just go ahead and read it for us? Yep. 
What's the opposite of stepping up? Standing still, lying down, becoming a couch potato. Male passivity is a disease that robs a man of his purpose while it destroys marriages, ruins families, and spoils legacies. A passive man doesn't engage. He retreats. He neglects personal responsibility. At its core, passivity is cowardice. Passivity is cowardice. Yeah, I, I would say that rings true. That it's just almost it's a, a coward to push through. Mm. And we know what we're supposed to do, yeah, but we don't we because don't. we're fearful of something. Yeah, and it may not just be fearful. It also could be just selfish. Just you know that laziness is just like I, I just don't want to go through the hassle. Mm. So. Um, it's you probably can be a coward because you're selfish as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's probably we're complex beings. Like I, I find that seldom do I ever have just one emotion running yeah, through right, me. You right, know, like right. it's probably a composite of laziness and fear that, you know, my wife is gonna not think that that was a good lesson. You know, or yeah. I'm gonna fumble over my words and my kids are not gonna pay attention to me or you know yeah. something like that. Right, 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 right. Or they're just not gonna want to be there, which might be true. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, even if they don't want to be there. You still push through. Yeah. Um, I think you had said something a little bit, you know, in our um, off air time when you talked about there being a, um, once you are pushing through something and doing it habitually, that your body gets used to it. Mm -hmm. You're, I mean, you will get used to whatever it is that you are having a hard time doing or right. paying attention to or whatever, um, that your body will adjust, your mind will adjust the, the, um, habit that you are trying to, um, institute will kind of take over, I mm -hmm. guess. So that's yeah. something to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it becomes easier over time. That's yeah. the way God made us. We are highly adaptable. Yeah. But we just have to push through. Got to push through it. Yeah. So that does it for chapter three. We're ready for uh, chapter four. And um, that should be a good one too. Yep. Excited. Good. All right. Need to kind of get into the, start to get into the meat, mm -hmm. I think. Chapter four is pretty. Heavy. Yeah. It's pretty strong. I enjoyed it. So, all right. Well, that's it for this podcast. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, always remember that real dads lead.